Welcome to episode 211 of the Nerdstravaganza podcast, where we always know our roles. I'm High Elf Fighter Mage Tom. I'm Fairy Princess Thief Fighter Wizard Cleric Brian. <laughs> I'm Chaotic Neutral Draw Wizard Cam. Uh, you would be the chaotic neutral guy. <laughs> I can do anything I want. I'm chaotic neutral. <laughs> Role playing. <laughs> I'm not a dick. My character is. <laughs> yes. Apropos given tonight's topic. And in this setting, we'll be discussing the best way to roleplay as it relates to getting into character versus wearing a character costume. But first, I'll remind our listeners that they'll never gain initiative if they fail to roll up our podcasts on iTunes on the weekly, give it loads of stars, and positive reviews. And with that bit out of the way, on to tonight's adventure. We'll kick things off and gain a little experience by reviewing the experience we gained with our weekly geekly, geekly weekly update. Brian, why don't you uh, kill the first goblin? I'm kind of out of... <laughs> D&D related stuff to say. <laughs> uh, pretty comic-y week for me. I uh, managed to track down two books that I had been looking for. Uh, they're, they're not new releases, but they're uh, like a month old or so. I got Heartthrob number one by Boom, I think. I don't remember who makes it now. But a uh, pretty interesting comic. Uh, it, it's a story about... Um, a heart transplant patient and the changes like her heart, the, the, you know, like, like sci-fi fictional magical changes that her new heart brings about in her life. Um, that was all the rage when it released. And, uh, I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know if, uh, Corka didn't order it or if they didn't get enough or if they got shorted or what, but they didn't have it. So finally got it. Very excited about that. Uh, and Black Panther number one, that snuck out on me. Was anyone else excited or intrigued by that? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Did you read it or? No, but I've, I've heard it's a coup, I guess. I have people, are, people are buzzing about it all over. I, I, I I'm not even going to pr- uh, attempt to pronounce his name. I'm sorry. I just, I just can't. His last name is Coates. So Coates, uh, that writer, um, everyone was really, you know, a buzz about him and he, he kind of nailed it. Like. I think he's got a little bit of room to grow into, like, you know, some of the, some of the dialogue and things like that. But his story was rock solid. I, I really dig what he's doing. Awesome, man. I, uh, is it related to Inspire by or does it have anything to do with the Black Panther character from the movies or is it just kind of strike while uh, the iron's hot? I haven't seen the movie and I know like this year has just been total mess with Marvel universes. So I have no idea which version of black Panther this is. It's uh Takala and he's trying to like put the, the kingdom back together after his absence. So mm. it could quite possibly be, he went off to star in the movie, but I don't know. Okay, cool. I'm kind of, uh, I'm a total poser, but I'm now interested in that character after having not, uh, noted a lot about him until now. I, I am absolutely sure that it coming out this month is no coincidence. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, and other than that, just, you know, I finally got my lap free. The dog's been uh, independent again. <laughs> so I've been up and uh, doing a little bit more wood working, doing a little bit more leather uh, polishing and sanding and everything. Uh, working on 
some tools, actually. I, I think I talked about this with you guys before. Like it's you, you have to make your tools before you can make any projects. So I'm making a, uh, a, a strop to sharpen my knives so that they're sharp enough to actually cut the things that I need to cut to make real projects and, uh, and, a a slicker, which makes the edges nice instead of, you know, looking like a dead animal. You could have called those things grog and bunioner and I would have believed you, but those sound like, uh, legit terms for a legit uh, profession you're taking out. Most people think of, uh, like Bugs Bunny when they hear strop. Remember the old barber shop scene where he was singing and like doing the knife on the piece of leather? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's a strop. Oh, cool. Okay. Thought it was a strap. Who knew it was strop? <laughs> Bugs Bunny. He did. He did indeed. Awesome, man. Sounds like a full week. Anything else? No, no. All right, Cam. What uh? What have you been? What strop have you been sharpening the blade of <laughs> the blade of I've life been, on this week? I'm stropping a lot lately. Um, let's see. I I uh, uh, saw Civil War, which was you know it was okay. I, I liked the story, you know, but I, I'll say it was it was a I didn't walk out feeling like I, I you know wasted my money, but it you know I don't it definitely wasn't even in the top five or maybe even top ten of my the Marvel movies for me. Better um, than Ant Man. Uh, I liked I kind of liked that Ant Man. I have a so- <laughs> I, I have a soft spot for Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, um, it was okay. Um, I, what else did I do? Um, doing a lot more reading. I, um, am, well, I finished up the second Mistborn series, Well of Ascension. Uh, and now I am on to the third, uh, Hero of Ages. So that's going well. Um, let's see. I did a bunch of gaming at the Adventure Game Store, obviously. Um, and, uh, went to Landlubbers again on Sunday for game night. I unfortunately had to go to a funeral up in Orlando, so I was up there this weekend. Um, of course, it was also Mother's Day, um, so even though it was an unhappy occasion for the funeral, it was sort of a also a way for my brother and I to celebrate both Mother's Day with our mother and uh, my brother's birthday. So happy brother, uh, happy birthday, Ray! <laughs> um, so I was gone for most of the weekend for that. Um, and, uh, you know, that's it. I've just been, uh, you know, booking trips. Uh, Origins is coming up in Ohio. I booked my trip there. Gen Con's coming up in, uh, uh, in, uh, in Indiana and, uh, at the end, at the beginning of August, uh, booked my trip there. And, uh, my companion and I are, she's a teacher, so we are, um, booking, you know, booking and planning our, our summer vacation, um, somewhere in Europe this week, uh, for, for the summer. So, uh, just doing a bunch of that. Uh, other than that, just planning a um, play. I might start a. I might start a, uh, a an RPG campaign. I'm not sure yet, but Ooh. we'll see. Well, we'll see. Nice. How that goes. Uh, my our uh, Tom, our 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 one off uh, end of the world scenario RPG sort of got me back into the swing of things. I, I yes. forgot how much I really love doing that. So I might uh, I might hop back into a, a weekly or you know even maybe even monthly game. Let's see. It's uh it's fun, man. Yeah, it kind of. I, I wish I had more time, but it definitely rekindled my interest. I, I haven't stopped thinking about that since we played. Yeah, that's that's the killer is the time. It's like where do you, you know where do you find a free six to eight you know six hours every week you know where you can just sit and do that. But I guess you make time for what you like, right? 
Yeah. And I happen to like uh, a roof over my head and <laughs> no, uh, in my fridge. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I, God, I would love to actually be able to play an RPG on a regular basis again. Like it's enriching. <sighs> anyway, if I was in your campaign, I would just like put the Hydra to sleep and kill it and coup de gras it. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, that's that. That was my week. All right. Put the Hydra to sleep and coup de gras is a little insider nerd extravaganza humor for a power gamer who just wants to win the campaign, basically. Right, Brian? Right, Brian? Is that fair to say? Yeah. Not at all based on a real person, but <laughs> but mainly based on a real person. <laughs> Truth and every lie, right? Yes. Ripped rip from real life for the headlines. Right? Yes. Like like the characters from the D&D cartoon ripped from real life and brought into the Nerdstravaganza <laughs> world. No cryptic uh, and confusing guide here, though. Just us. <laughs> Dungeon Master was a dick, for the for the record. Like, Dungeon Master, how can we not die? The question isn't how you cannot die, but rather, like, no, Dungeon Master, just just tell me. Like, you're you're like yeah. God. <laughs> stop, tr- stop trying to be my therapist. Yeah. Right, like, kill Venger and make us all armor out of Tiamat's heads and like send us home. What are you doing? anyway all right over to me (laughs) um i also saw captain america civil war and um yeah again a movie that was trying to do too much in too little time i i have said it again like these movies with all these characters could stand to be split into two and i i understand they're doing that they're splitting the uh infinity war saga into several movies at least two movies um, this could have been better if it was split into two because it seemed like they rapidly ramped up to conflict. And uh, nevertheless, people are all over this movie. They they love it. Uh, and they're giving it a pass and even accolades for the very same thing Batman versus Superman did, which was pit heroes against one another um, with kind of some very brief explanation as to why they're in conflict. And then it ended on kind of a down note. It ended on more of a down note, in my opinion, than Superman v. Batman. But Superman v. Batman is the worst thing ever. And this movie is like the best thing ever since the last Marvel movie. And uh, love the Marvel movies. Didn't really hate the Superman v. Batman movie. I kind of liked it. Um, the Marvel versus DC double standard is real, in my opinion. Um, I'm not going to say that the Marvel movies aren't a little bit better, but again... It's a problem when it's in a DC movie. It's no problem when Marvel does it. Uh, I guess I'll leave it at that. I don't know if I want to talk about spoilers at this point. The movie's been out a couple weeks, hasn't it? About a week, I think. Uh, Yeah, about a week. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I thought I'm going to come out and say it. I'm probably the only person on Earth who thinks this. I thought Batman v Superman was better, actually. I liked it better. I I, I would tend to agree with you on that, actually. Yeah. Well, we're wrong, Cam. We're wrong. <laughs> I would agree with you on that. I think it's just, you know, it's like the whole Apple thing. I and mean, people just like Marvel better than DC or the movies anyway. And so I think they're just sort of, you know, that, that bias comes into play. But, uh, I mean, if you, I think if you look at it side by side, I think Batman vs. Superman was a better movie. Yep. I mean, Agreed. It, I, mean I, I walked out like liking it better than Civil War for sure. Yeah, me too. And And wanting to wanted to talk about it more and think about it more and see it again so I could go over it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and, and just the, like, passive, like, bystander test, I guess. My companion 
like really enjoyed Batman vs Superman, stayed awake, which she hardly ever stayed, like you know, stayed awake through the whole movie and enjoyed it, and fell asleep during Civil War. So, like I don't know, I don't know if that's a scientific method to determine which movie was better, but uh, definitely, uh, you know, has some weight, I think. I mean, I, I don't know how intense she is into these movies or how long she's been following them or how intently, but um, yeah, I can see why it's a cast of characters in conflict that's sort of, you know, explained very quickly. And then you're supposed to, I don't know. Yeah. There were f- I'd say she's like perfectly like right. She's like the casual fan. You know what I mean? Like she's the person you would want to get like in the survey, not like the super fan and not like the super indifferent person. Like she's like right in that middle core audience that they're trying to, uh, that they're trying to attract. Cause they already know the super fans are going to go no matter what. They just want to, it's like almost like an election, you know, you know, you're not going to get the, if you're a Republican, you know, you're not going to get the left, but, and you know, you're going to get the far right, but you're trying to get that middle ground. Sure. She she fits squarely in there. And I'm pretty sure she liked that movie way better than uh, Civil War. Uh, I mean, I think conflict is easier to resolve between two or three people uh, than two teams of people, all of whom have kind of, you know, I mean, basically they always, oh yeah, I come down on this side, I come down on that side. You know, you know, two movies, you could have gotten a little more into their motivations, I think felt like a lot of cameos going on that's all i'm gonna say yeah for sure and then like scarlet witch and and vision i mean they're just like so uber powerful and they like played down i mean we can get into the minutia of it but like you know i mean i i understand they have to do certain things for movies and for the sake of like entertainment but you know it's it's all you're always going to have that whole argument too that oh it's such a departure from the you know from the comics and whatever but Ah, i mean i felt like black panther could have had his own intro movie before this um true true you know he's got to get his own movie now but you know. He was awesome. I mean, I thought he was he awesome. He was. But, yeah. yeah, he was really good. Anyway, it's all Civil War. So uh, apart from that, the other thing I've been doing is interesting, probably only to me and a tiny segment of our already tiny <laughs> segment of the population that uh, that is our audience. Um, I've been doing a lot of coding exercises on Hacker Rank, um, where they just present you with coding exercise after coding exercise, and you get points for doing them. And uh, doing a little algorithm review on Khan Academy, which is a great site for learning a number of topics or refamiliarizing yourself. Uh, last time I visited Khan Academy, I was doing trigonometry. And now I'm doing something a little more germane to my career, which is coding. Although uh, I've come to understand that pretty much anybody can can go into technology these days. So uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm bothering. <laughs> a little more inside uh, discussion that I won't elaborate on, but... Uh, it's called to my attention. Somebody has joined my profession who uh, I didn't think could join any profession. So um, <laughs> kind of sad about that. <laughs> but anyway, that's it for me. Uh, kind of ambival- kind of okay with Civil War. It was an okay movie and uh, being very spiteful and hateful about other people bettering themselves <laughs> while bettering myself. And that's it. I'm with the show with the <laughs> News Stravaganza podcast. I will get into the news one quick second. I just, you know, I, I, you know, I forgot. I wanted to ask you, Tom. Um, Brian, you didn't see Civil War, right? Mm. No. Um, this isn't really a spoiler, but but what 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 did you think, Tom, of that? Like, they used like a new CGI effect. Did did you know? Like, was it off putting to you? Was it just like you noticed it and was like, oh, okay, that's new? Like, how did you feel when you saw it? 
I was impressed by it because it's the best application of that technology I've seen. The first application I can recall was in Tron Legacy, um, where they did it to where they did it to Jeff Bridges, and it looked kind of plasticine. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this movie, I was kind of like, "Wow, that they've come a long way with that." Um, some some people found it off-putting, but I thought I saw the improvement. I guess is what I'll say. Um, I, I I didn't know how I felt about it. I I to me it was like, you you know when you watch someone's TV and they have that like motion capture on and it looks just like we it looks weird. You know, it looks like an old like PBS Doctor Who episode sort of. <laughs> yeah, like that's sort of how it felt to me. It just felt like. Especially like when they're like in the running scenes when they're running really fast, you know what I mean? Like it didn't seem like if you've watched like Flash, it, it, that I like that effect of how Flash runs like better than. Oh, you know what? Theory. I'm I'm out I'm out in the weeds here, Cam. I thought you were talking about the de aging stuff they applied to uh, a certain actor. That's what oh, I that's no, what no, I was no, saying. No, 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 no. I meant like like when they were running, like when Spider Man was like doing his act, like. Yeah, like the Spidey sense and that kind of stuff. Like they 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 definitely use some sort of it's like a new CGI effect or a new maybe a CGI isn't the proper term, but like it's definitely a new special effects uh, technique that they're using, and it's definitely different. And it, uh, to me, it like popped out right away, and I was like, wow, that's different. And I just didn't know if it was like just something that was off putting because it was weird, or if it was because oh. it was so new that like. But then it'll become like, you know, just, you know, normal. I don't think I notice it, to be honest with you. I'm I'm fixated on the de-aging stuff, which I've, I'm always curious to see how it's progressing. And I thought the scene when the character was shown younger was really well done. No, I thought, yeah, I, uh, I, I thought that was awesome. I didn't even, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was um, thinking about like when they were like running in, in the tunnel and then like most of Spidey's like action sequences, you, I thought you could really tell. Hmm. I don't even know if I remember now. I, I mean, I come from the from the school of thought that the Spider-Man movies always looked fake. So if it had anything to do with his movements, um, they could only have improved from there. But yeah, I, I, to the fact that I'm not sure what you're talking about means I might have missed it. Hmm. Which, by the way, he stole the show for me. Like, I, I'm, I'm finally excited for a Spider-Man <laughs> franchise. Well, you know, yeah, he stole the show and... Probably sh- along with Black Panther should have been allowed to run with the show, but yeah. uh, you know we had like 15 other characters to shoehorn in and motivate. And again, a two-parter would have been like, or, or at least some prequels would have been totally awesome. Um, Black Panther and Spider-Man introduced against the background of the uh, impetus for the Civil War um, would have been kind of kick-ass. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on, I guess, to the news extravaganza. Yeah, let's do it. And um, let's talk about big. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll kick this one off because let's just ease into it. Um, Donkey Kong. The you know we all know you know a couple people. Well, you, know, you, you guys know better than I know better than I. But we, we know a few people that hold some you know world records in in, in uh, arcade gaming. Yes, sir. And, um, it appears that uh, the Donkey Kong record recently was broken again. Um, a guy by the name of Wes Copeland, who I, who I guess has held that uh, title before, um, broke it again recently uh, over a span of three hours and 17 minutes. And people are thinking that it's not going to ever be beaten again because it, it was like deemed a perfect score. Um, 
he the score was one million two hundred eighteen thousand even, and he didn't lose a single a single Mario during during the whole three hours and seventeen minutes. So that is big news. I don't know if uh, uh, Billy, what was his name the guy from King of Kong Billy Mitchell yes yeah. I don't know if if uh, Billy Mitchell will be able to top that, but uh, that that's the, that's where the current record stands. One uh, Cam, I mean, what's the well, sorry? What's the record? One million two hundred eighteen thousand. That's the number of hot sauce bottles and wings that Billy Mitchell sells daily. So he doesn't care about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, so. Uh, Tom, I think you're going to be pretty upset about this. I'm sure, I'm sure you already heard about it. This but, is heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, in case you're a uh, fanboy and haven't heard about it. Um, yeah. Disney Infinity has shut down. Yeah. Avalanche Software Game Developing um, arm. Um, so no more Disney Infinity. No more uh, No more of all that good stuff. That sucks. I mean, I that really sucks. Yeah. I guess they lost a bunch of money and they just didn't deem it profitable going forward. So they just... Uh, they just dropped it. Hopefully, uh, Open Infinity will uh, carry the project forward with uh, some some open source alternative that Disney will then sue out of existence. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we don't want to do it, but no one else can either. So. Right, right. It's uh, kind of bizarre to me how Disney does not make games. Like they do not make first party games. Yeah, that that feels wrong. Yeah. The quote I read was the console business has changed, which I take to mean the console business has shrunk such that, you know, your investors are expecting you to pull in so much. And by virtue of the fact that, you know, the overall console sales are, are not what they used to be, you can't. So that's seen as an underperforming division. That's just my, that's just my hunch. I have nothing to back that up. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get out of gaming altogether. It just seems like that they're getting out of console gaming because maybe they're just seeing that, okay, look, that's it's a dead media going forward. We're going to have to move to... Well, they closed the, the know, studio, didn't they? Uh, yeah. They, cl- they closed the studio, but I think that studio was pretty much dedicated to just developing console games, mm. you know, and the, inf- the Infinity little guys and all that stuff. Um, so maybe they've got a whole... I, I, and I don't know this. I'm just speculating. Maybe they maybe they have plans to go into other areas, or maybe they're just like forget it. You know, we we'll just focus on jacking people when they come to our uh, our, our, our you know our parks, our money pits. Uh, by by dis, by infinity little guys, you mean uh, infinity um, toys to life figurines? Cam, I think that's yes. what you meant. Okay, <laughs> I think you mean you. amiibos. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, so let's see what happens. Who knows? You know, I, I I wouldn't count Disney out of anything. I mean, they have their hand, they have their finger in so many different pots. You know, uh, I mean, they they may just, you know, down the road, if a new technology arises or a new, you know, th- things are going in a certain direction, there's nothing about, you know, there's nothing stopping them from just buying a, a new company. You know what I mean? That's true in that area or whatever. Um, all right. So speaking of big, faceless, nameless, jerky corporations, um, Apple is quietly deleting songs from people's hard drives. Um, oh. And it's not even songs that, like, you've gotten from torrent sites. Um, it's actually going in, and anything that you haven't gotten from, like, iTunes or one of their, you know, deemed okay sources, uh, they're deleting from the cloud and from your hard drive. 
Um, this guy, uh, what, the, what the hell was his name? Um, James Pinkstone. This guy had like ripped thousands and thousands of CDs onto his hard drive. Um, CDs that he, uh, I mean, assuming, uh, purchased, you know, for, for hard earned money that, you know, they're his CDs. He can, you can rip songs off CDs as long as you're not like sharing them with other people. You, you know what I mean? You're just trans, it's like, you know, you're just transferring it to a different mode of media. So he ripped all these CDs and then he went to look on his hard drive and all of them were gone because really uh, iTunes just got rid of all his, uh, and then Apple came out and didn't even apologize. Not only did they not apologize, but they said the software is functioning as intended is the direct quote. That seems Cam, uh, is that legal? <laughs> no, no, I'm not asking if you're for, for legal advice, but just in your layman's opinion. I mean, I, you know, I don't know enough to, to, to speak intelligently on the legal uh, ramifications of it, but I mean, it just seems from a, just the smell test, you know, lawyers always talk about the smell test when they are trying to bullshit an answer. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, but just the smell test to me seems pretty off. I mean, you can't, I mean, if he bought CDs, paid for that media and then ripped it, you know, I've, you know, transferred that me or ripped is kind of a negative connotation, but took that, those songs off the CDs and put them onto a computer so that he could listen. Because I mean, let's face it, CD, like no one's walking around with a Sony Discman anymore. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, I mean, no one is even walking around with an iPod. You, you, you have like, uh, you know, your phone basically. So if he's putting it, if, if he's on Apple, uh, on Apple's network or on the iCloud and he wants to store his music that he's purchased legally, I don't see why they would delete it from their, their, their cloud. The, the only reason they would do that is not for a legal reason, but because they want you to buy it from them again, which is shitty. Yeah. I don't, I, I guess I'm trying to understand what the implied contract is between me, the consumer and Apple. Like I'm giving you my files. You're going to hold them for me. Well, we're only going to hold files if you like. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess probably in the in the gigantic thing you don't read when you agree to sign up, they they have the right to do that, right? Yeah. Well, I'm sure that yeah, the TOS like absolves them of everything. But here's here's the here's the even bigger kicker is that not only did it destroy like did it delete the songs that he had purchased, you know, from CDs. Okay, maybe I can sort of understand that. Um, if I'm really like a big corporate shill, I can sort of get behind that, but it also deleted a bunch of his original material that like he composed and recorded himself. Yeah. So, like, because... so if I like record a song and put it on there and iTunes doesn't like it, they just delete it. I can't listen to it on my fucking phone. Yeah. They're checking, well, they're, they're checking it against some kind of a whitelist, you know, of approved songs. And if it's not on there, they're because of the TOS, they said they could, they're just yeah. blowing it away. What a bunch of dicks. That's, that's horseshit. Yeah. I hate to be this guy, but who the fuck uses iTunes? It's <laughs> a fair point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, way more people than you think, you know, because we've talked about it before. People would rather just pay the 99 cents. You know? I mean, but, I don't even mind that, but iTunes is just horrible software. Oh, it absolutely is. But I mean, what, do you, what else are you going to use if you, have a, if you have an iPhone? Well, uh, yeah, I guess that's the... I mean, unless you're going to jailbreak it, and, you know. The Walkman? Yeah, yeah, I just, I guess I'm not really, I don't really want iTunes to be my uh, file manager. I want it to be the thing that I buy and play music through and that's it. Um, that's kind of sucky. Yeah, you should be able to have like your own app on your phone that just uses the music. I mean, okay, fine. You want me to 
buy the media through iTunes, I, I guess I can sort of be okay with that. But as long as you're not gouging me, but then I want control over what I do with the media that I've purchased or I've composed. You know what I mean? You could do it on Android and you have any yeah. old application you yeah. want. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, iPod, uh, Apple, the people will always love Apple, especially hipsters. And speaking of hipsters, they are rejoicing today because apparently a new tattoo ink has come out that disappears in a year. Oh Lord. And can be removed on demand. Oh Lord. So when you go get that like mustache tattoo and, and you know, in six months you realize it was a big, horrible mistake. Um, it's not that big of a deal because it'll either just disappear in a year or you can just go and get it removed right away. You don't have to go through like 10, you know, successive painful, you know, removal treatments or whatever. It just gets just gone. I'm, I'm really curious how, how this plays out. I I don't, I don't ever talk about this, but I actually, I kind of dig tattoos. Um, I'm, I'm sort of a fan. And a couple of years ago, probably about 10 years ago now, they came out with something similar and it was an ink that would just burn off like under, under the right laser, like just gone, gone laser, one laser treatment gone forever. You can redo it. And it flopped horribly because no tattoo artist will use it because fuck yeah. you. If you yeah. want to take it off in a year, this is art. It's forever. You don't deserve a tattoo. Yeah, that's what they're saying is that, that that's the biggest barrier to the market is the tattoo artists uh, not wanting to use that, you know, which I mean, I guess I get it. But at the same time, like, dude, we're so this is such a disposable society. I mean, like, I mean, like, why not tattoos? Like, I mean, I don't have any tattoos, so I don't want to speak for the community. I mean, and I, I don't know about tattoos. You know, I'm not into tattoos. I like tattoos. I think they're cool. I think. You know, if if you want something on your body, go ahead and get it. But I don't know. Like, if I don't want to have it on my body anymore, why should I be stuck with it? I wonder if this one will take. Yeah, I mean, it's like if Brian, like if you, you know, you're 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 pretty artsy, and I, I like the stuff you make. And if you made me something like you know, like a wallet or something to put on my wall or whatever, and I I put it on my wall. But then, like in a year, I was like, "Well, oh, you know, I want to put something else on there." No, like, fuck you. Would, would you? Yeah, <laughs> would you be like upset, or I wanted to like, like use a different wallet? Like, would you be pissed off? Like, I, I don't get that. Like, I, I guess I mean, it's a little bit different because you, you're deleting their art. There's no other copy of it, so it's not necessarily, not necessarily just taking it down. Pictures. There's prints. I mean, you know what I mean? Well, like you. The flash stuff, yeah. I mean, I can see it. I can see an artist being like, "Yeah, I'll do flash in the removable ink, but like, I'm not going to do an original piece. Yeah. I'm not going to do my art on your body so that you can let it fade away in a year because you're a douchey hipster." Um, yeah, but I mean, if you're just going to go get like you know what most people do, they just go in and open up the book and be like, "Yeah, oh, flash, stamp." Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, if you're just going to go do that. Why? What, what do they care? You know? This yeah, is that's just a stencil well, anyway. That's the stuff. That's flash. They should just call. Yeah. They should call this flash ink. Um, and actually they should call it flash in the panic and, uh, God, I, I, it's really not my place to judge, but if you are going to have your body marked, think about it, think about, think about what you want to say with your tattoos. You know, I mean, don't get something trendy. If you see 5,000 other people doing it, think of something new. I mean, good God. I, I, I mean, if you do think of something new, like maybe you don't want that anymore later. I mean, piercings and tattoos go hand in hand, right? They they're typically at the same 
shops, right? You can go get a piercing and a tattoo. I mean, there's a, most piercings like have to come out in like three to six months anyway. A, a lot of them, you know, a lot of like the dermal, the, the, you know, the ones that are like, uh, not, not like your ear, your nose or whatever, but like a lot of them you can only have temporarily anyway. It's like, I, I don't know why there's a difference. I don't know. People who get tattoos and think it through are standing by their decision. And it's just one thing where you can separate the wheat from the chaff in terms of people who actually have like some integrity. Like this means something to me. This is why I got it. I'm happy to wear it the rest of my life. This is a you know, red hot chili peppers asterisk sign. I got in 1998. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know, like it, it lets you identify like trendy idiots right away. And I like that. <laughs> I don't want it to be, I don't want it to go away. I, I like the idea that there is a community that is, is, I, I guess proud is the word proud enough to make it difficult to come in. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm usually all about inclusion, but. Brian, I, I think you're going to see resistance from p- people who respect the craft. Like, sorry, dude, I'm not, I mean, my work's here to I'm, stay. I'm totally so. serious. That was like magic ink. Like they could just t- remove it completely, like almost no trace. And everybody was just like, no, I'm not, I'm not inking you with that. Yeah. Here's the other thing. I mean, how many, how many like, 18 year olds have like gone in and gotten just like terrible tattoos. Did you? No. <laughs> Did you, Brian? No, no. Be- because I didn't. So I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess so, but it's just like, you know, we grew up uh, in a little bit of a different time. I think like tattoos were way more frowned upon. I think if they were less frowned upon, I might've. So I don't, I don't want to ex- just exclude myself out of hand on that, but like, you know, I don't know. If you're 18 years old, you're at your 18th birthday, you're really into something and you know, you go and get that rose tattoo on your, on your breast or something like you don't want that there for the rest of your life. I mean, I was with a bunch of 18 year olds who had joined the air force who went and got air force tattoos. A lot of them didn't actually serve their full enlistment. They failed. (laughs) Yes. I mean, how ill thought out was that? Uh, You know, just saying. Yeah. Whatever, man. I'm being a super judgy old fart. No worries. No worries. Uh, and uh, PayPal this is my final story here, and then we'll uh, we'll get onto the show. But PayPal um, is no longer going to refund Kickstarters that you that don't get fulfilled. I guess like previously, if you crowdfunded something and and they did they failed to deliver on their on their goals, uh, it was you could basically like treat it like as a as a as a chargeback. Wow! Like you know, as, like on your on your credit card. Um, and people could use the the PayPal whatever refund service and get their money back. Now they're saying, listen, if you want to, uh, you know, if you if you, you want to, you know, fund something on on Kickstarter, that's fine. But we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna basically bail you out. Um, I mean, that seems fair to me. Like, I don't see why that's. I, uh, never mind. <laughs> we'll get into another yeah. debate or discussion about crowdfunding. Yeah. At a yeah. certain point, you're you're voting. You're taking a risk with your money when you crowdfund. So exactly, and and you know, I mean, it's it's. I thought it would be higher, but it's it's um only about eight percent of the money that on Kickstarter or and basically is goes unfulfilled, which seems. I don't know. I thought it would. I thought it was higher. I, I thought it would be higher, but then when I think about it, it seems kind of high. Like I, I would like to see that number under five percent. I guess. Maybe that's just an arbitrary number in my head. But. I think it's also much higher in certain categories like gaming and miniatures and things like that. So we see probably disproportional uh, failure. What was the percentage, Ken? 8%. 
I mean, okay, so 8%, let's just say total failure, they don't deliver. I mean, how many bad actors are on Kickstarter versus people who are inept or incapable, like, you know, who can't deliver? I don't think a lot of people set out. I yeah, that's the other thing. Out of that 8%, how many people are actual scammers? You know, right, right. Probably a low number, but, you know. Well, so just don't count on PayPal to bail you out. And uh, that uh, rounds out my new extravaganza. Awesome, man. Thanks. I'll I'll go on record by saying the guy who was saying that he could make a uh, uh, what was the first Star Wars movie called? <laughs> Episode one. Phantom Menace. Remember the rebreather? Remember the yeah Phantom Menace. Remember the rebreather? They popped in their uh, mouths before. That oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the breather. I forget yeah, what that was imbeciles. called. There's a Kickstarter out there for one of those, and that is like just physically impossible. So, <laughs> yeah, like you should know, like reality before you throw your money behind something like that yeah and uh anyway and, and just as a segue i was uh role-playing through that whole uh new extravaganza as um uh kent brockman <laughs> nice <laughs> i was role-playing as a uh opinionated old fuddy dud if you want to <laughs> you're, you're a comic book guy <laughs> yeah whatever tattoos you kids want i'm not resentful that i didn't get invited to parties as a teenager um <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of reality, let's get away from it. Let's get into not virtual reality, but, um, well, I guess it is a virtual reality in the theater of the mind. <laughs> and we refer to, uh, we refer, of course, to the reality generated during a role-playing session or series of se- sessions or campaign, what have you. And, I, I was thinking about this lately, especially in, in uh, the wake of our, our recent role-playing session. Um, in the game we played, we were, we were invited to be ourselves in the scenario. And I think we probably all took some license with our ability um, and still had advantage of sort of the omniscience, you know, be, of playing role-playing, uh, playing a role-playing game versus being in a situation. Right. But, you know, none of us were elves or, or uh, dragons or some, we weren't uh, creatures, you know, possessed of amazing abilities. We were just us in the scenario. And that really got me thinking, when you're in a more fantastic scenario, when you're in a sci-fi setting, when you're in a, you know, fantasy setting, is it better, is the gaming experience better served by you really playing the character you've drawn up? And, and like sticking to that character's principles and doing what that character would do or by you basically playing uh, the way you would, if you had elf ears, you know, if you were that character, you were dressed as that character. Um, I think most people probably move back and forth between the two modes, but I, I want to kind of touch on the two modes and maybe wh- whether one's always superior or sometimes the situation calls for one versus the other. If that makes sense. So what do you guys think? I'll let Brian tackle this one. So, oh, wow. I, believe it or not, kind of learned this from video games because I hated voice acting when it it kind of became big. Like, I did not like being removed from the action. Like, it, it was no longer how I interpreted it or how I thought they were acting. 
or, or or little bits and pieces of me on the characters. It was actually someone else's interpretation. And, and it was a lot harder for me to kind of care. And that kind of opened my eyes toward how I had approached um, role-playing game characters, like pen and paper ca- uh, characters. When when other people didn't do that, like some people think I'm Dritz, I'm Gandalf, and they just act like Gandalf and they just act like Dritz and they don't they don't want to act. They don't want to role play. They, they want to kill orcs. And I never got it. I never understood that because I don't know. There's almost like better ways to kill orcs than pen and paper. Like that's what video games are for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I also lamented the introduction of voices in my role-playing video games. And yeah, because it took away your interpretation. And yeah, the people who who play an RPG, a tabletop RPG, just for the mechanical satisfaction of slaughtering vast hordes of orcs and like the power gaming, I don't get that. For me, like it's, if we never roll dice, if we never put figurines down and calculate initiative, like the actual character interaction is way more appealing to me than the mechanics and the triumphing over enemies. I, I, I seriously, I, I don't think I remember. And I mean, I've been playing, let me do the math here. 27 years I've been pen and paper. I, I don't think I ever remember a fight. Eh, that's not true. I got incredibly stupid lucky once. Like I, I do remember one dragon fight, but it's not, it's not ever about like the rolling or that character was super strong or that character was super pious. It was always about like the, the, the acting that you did together. Like, yeah. I mean, Brian, do you remember the campaign we had in high school that we never with Papa Smurf? I've been thinking about that yes. all week. <laughs> like we had, I, I don't know. I mean, that's more memorable to me. Yes, there are some awesome like things that happen due to chance during battles. But yeah, I agree with you. I I, I mean, for me, it's the storytelling that, that's way more interesting. What, what do you think, Cam? I mean, considering that the game we played was all storytelling, we didn't do battle once. Um. I like a mix. I mean, I, I, I come down on the storytelling side just because I, I like that sort of thing. I mean, I feel like, you know, because I'm such a, a board gamer, I, I can get that fix of dice rolling and rules lawyering and all that stuff uh, from a tabletop game, just a board game. I, I, I like RPGs because that just sort of takes you out of that rule setting. I mean, obviously you have like the basic rule structure of whatever system you're using and whatever the DM sort of is uh, you know, dictating to you, but I don't want to, you know, have to do a dex check every, you know, every time I take a step, you know what I mean? Or every little thing that I do, you know, Oh, I've got to open, uh, opening a door. Okay. Well, I've got to do a spell check and then I've got to do a strength check. Yes. Got to do a, you know what I mean? I've got to do a stealth check and uh, no, like, I just want to like, I don't, I don't like a herky jerky story. I like, like sort of like getting like you know you sort of tell the story and you and then when you get to certain critical points then okay then you roll your dice and good good or bad things happen but I don't want to have to do it every freaking two minutes you know 
Yeah, I the mechanics can definitely bog things down. And to Brian's point, there's a gaming format that smooths those mechanics out and makes them so efficient that they go by in milliseconds. It's called the video game role playing game. I mean, it'll 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 do all that for you. Yeah, I, I made the mistake last week of saying that like people should just open successful businesses when people really wanted to run like their passion of a a business whose time has died. And I, I guess I'm kind of doing the same thing this week. Like some people just want to role play, even though it's not the best mechanic for what they want to do. Like I know a lot of people who just have a ton of fun, like beating the shit out of, out of monsters. MMOs are fantastic for that. Video games are fantastic for that. You can do so much more with an actual pen and paper. Like, there are things you cannot do in an MMO. You cannot do in a role-playing, uh, in, in a video role-playing game that pen and paper lets you do. Why wouldn't you take advantage of it? Yeah, I don't understand. And I, I and I know who you're, I, the type of person you're talking about is chopping at the bit to get it to the fight. And then when you get it, when you start the combat, they're like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, there's nothing wrong with this style of play. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm picking on anybody, but I, I, when the uh, Edge of the Galaxy Star Wars stuff came out, we were in a encounter and like we were talking to somebody trying to like, you know, smooth things over. And one of our players just walked up and bah, shot somebody in the face. And we were all like, what the fuck, dude? We were, we had a old initiative. That mean combat started. Oh, what? that's right. I remember that. <laughs> I had to shoot somebody. It was my turn. <laughs> what? Yeah, the, the 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 GM at the time. I remember. I remember this story being related. Uh, related. The GM at the time rolled initiative for the GM's own purposes, but combat had not begun. It had not been announced they were fighting. The GM just, just murdered a bystander. So <laughs> this person heard the word initiative and went into like fucking RoboCop kill mode, like must fight. <laughs> and he's not wrong. I mean, you can do that, sure, but I, I don't. I've never seen anybody so blatantly murder an innocent in my life. Like, you're at the bar. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Guess we're fighting now. So, Brian, this is a perfect. <sighs> Brian, this this is a this individual's style of play and the sort of power combat gamer in general is, is a perfect example. I would think of you're wearing the costume. Like it's what you, it's you. If you were like in the scenario, yeah. you would start the fight. It's um, not, it's not role I playing. It's, any, it's you being there. Right. Right. And I, I doubt there was anything in that person's character sheet trait wise that said like murderer or <laughs> psychopath. They just were like, I'm going to kill him. Um, so I, I, I I'm not, Sure. Well, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. I think the play to your character as described in the character sheet might might work better for people who prefer story. Like, oh, my character doesn't like, you know, reptilian creatures, so would naturally attack these lizard men. Like, makes for a more interesting scenario than, eh, I'm bored, kill them. Um, or a more predictable scenario, or a scenario that makes some kind of narrative sense, I guess. I would agree with that. An for sure. interesting product of, of that encounter um, along these lines is it's surprisingly easy to kill somebody with a laser rifle 
Uh, <laughs> Star Wars kind of discourages combat. Like, sure, you can, you know, open up or whatever, but like three of us died. Just you weren't really supposed to fight those guys. Oh, you're all dead. And I don't know. I think it. I think it's a lesson. And, and and again, that guy wasn't wrong. He just he just really had never played that system before and didn't understand that we weren't like godlike characters and that like stormtroopers and armor with real rifles are kind of threatening. Um. Yeah, yeah. So, some systems are, aren't good for that. <laughs> Okay, so getting a little into character, I think, is we're agreeing is beneficial. I don't know if I want to necessarily prescribe a correct way to roleplay, but uh, we at the Nerd Travaganza seem to endorse a level of playing your character as opposed to playing yourself injected into the narrative. Uh, it was Ken Height, right, that said, don't play with dicks? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You, that guy wasn't a dick. He was just different than me. So we probably shouldn't have played together. But he would have had a much better time, like, playing with somebody his side. He probably thought I was an asshole for trying to talk to people, you know? Like, mm. a lot of it's your system, but a lot of it's your players, too. Good point. And, and you know, I don't think that... That person may not have been a dick, but I'm saying yourself in this situation. But what I really mean is playing some overcompensation or for who you really are or some overly idealized version of yourself in the, <laughs> in the game setting um, could lead to dickish behavior. Like, well, I'm, I don't amount to much in the outside world, but I will definitely critically hit and destroy <laughs> the boss monster. Therefore making me the best guy in the room. <laughs> um, the role-playing table is not the venue to uh, exercise your uh, shortcomings. <laughs> XOR size, not exercise. <laughs> well, actually, either. It's, it's the venue for neither of those activities. Um, okay. But I think we, we, had a, we had a final word there, and I think that was kind of what I was kind of aiming for um, to get your view. And I'm not at all surprised you guys came down on that, uh, on that side. Let me just ask this. Would your perspective change if it was based in, like, modern day but there was magic or modern day but there were superheroes in other words a, a contemporary setting is it more acceptable to just be you in the contemporary setting you're not in like you know medieval a midi you know some analog of medieval europe or you're not in the future you're it's based in new york today and there's like superheroes and villains i'm feeling around. judgmental tonight I, I don't know why but whether it's okay or not why would you want to man like i understand <laughs> uh it, what was it called end of the world yeah End of the world is about being you and surviving this fantasy scenario and everything. And that's fine. But like most games, like why would you want to be you? You could be anybody. You could be anything. Why would you want to be any kind of you? Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah, even in like like games like Shadowrun, which is basically D&D &D just in the future, you know? Like you're still someone else. You know what I mean? You're not just like Cam with, you know, a future plasma rifle or whatever. Um, and I, yeah, and that, that's, again, like goes back to sort of what I was saying about the storytelling. Like, I, I like, I like that you can sort of step out of yourself and be someone different, but I did like the end of the world scenario too, because it was sort of like, we had our, it was us, but it was like sort of us, however, how the rest of the group saw us as well, you know, and then, you know, how the DM saw us also, because 
he was sort of the one that was deciding things in terms of, you know, what we could and couldn't do or, you know, what, what our die rolls were going to be and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I get, uh, the one-off sort of thing being yourself. Cause that's kind of fun. Just thinking about, okay, what would we, what, what would we as a group do in, in a certain scenario, but like for an ongoing game, I would definitely want to like sort of step out of myself. Cause that's the whole reason you play games is to get out of your own head, you know, or I do anyway. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, I play games to be an Amazon warrior princess. You know, that's, <laughs> that's my dream. And that's damn it. That's what I'm going to be. Yeah, you're sticking to it. <laughs> anyway um we spent a lot of time during the uh going over some news and weekly geekly so i think this could be this could be a short and sweet discussion of the topic anything else you guys want to add i think we all agree uh maybe taking the role-playing aspect of role-playing seriously might enhance your enjoyment as well as the enjoyment of others yeah and I, I'm, I'm i'm wondering what you guys are sort of seeing in terms of uh relation to the i guess the explosion of board gaming over the past you know five ten years and the i guess expansion of rpgs do you think it's do you think rpgs have expanded at a similar rate like a greater rate a similar rate or a lower rate than than just standard board gaming i would say a, a lower rate definitely expanded but not not comparable to like this kind of like boom that games are in. Yeah, um, I think that the overall tabletop scene, there's been some cross pollination, such that you probably see an expansion in RPGs or or people going being a little more adventurous and developing new RPGs. I, I'd love to have Brian on to actually come up with some uh, come up with a correlation, but uh, I think yeah, the role playing game just. Role-playing games almost just necessarily will grow a little more slowly because... There's much higher buy-in. Yeah, and and this just only further underscores what Brian said, which is th that there are plenty of alternatives if you just want to be the best, if you just want to be competitive, if you just want to win. Like, there's a if, if video games aren't your thing, there's tons of tabletop Descent stuff out there. Descent is a great game for that. all about. Descent tabletop, you're this character, you have these stats, beat up on orcs. And it's a lot of fun. It's, it's great. Yeah, I love that game. And there you have it. Yeah, I mean, or you can just. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. You know, I've seen a lot of people who I would really never have thought would be into RPGs start to get into RPGs lately, um, and I'm wondering. I think we've talked about this before, sort of. You know, it, similar to the explosion in board gaming, I think the disconnect that is bred by technology uh you know uh, you know the whole whatever we're all you know so connected but we're disconnected at the same time sort of you know whatever thing but uh i, I think the disconnect that is bred by video gaming and all the other sort of things that are available as nowadays as as entertainment i think is really pushed you know of course board games but i think rpgs as well into the forefront a lot more because it's i mean at its at its heart what is, you know what is an rpg it's you and a bunch of friends sitting around just telling stories with each other you know and what's more primal than that you know i mean that's how like uh, uh you know 
history was passed down for, you know, for thousands, you know, hundreds of years, you know, way back in the stone ages or whatever. And it's funny. I don't know. It's just funny to me to see sort of a, a, a movement back to that sort of thing, uh, away from technology. Cause really all you need is a, you don't even need a book really. I mean, you just need just someone to sort of run the story and a pen and a paper really, or a pencil and a piece of paper. You could, you could really do that with just nothing. Yeah. You could just sit around with your friends and have a few drinks. or That might be a really drinks. fun, like, lights off night, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, but the <laughs> graphics suck. Let's not forget that. 8-bit. <laughs> <laughs> the resolution of my mind really sucks. Uh, it all comes down to the processor. Anyway. <laughs> okay, I thought this was actually... Uh, that last little addendum made this kind of a full treatment of the topic, and thank you for uh, motivating that, Cam. That was fun. Ah, no problem. And with that, I'll discuss anything else, guys, before we sort of let our audience get back to their role playing. I think that's it. All right. Well, with that said, I, th- I say with that said a lot, I need to come up with a new, um, let's see. <laughs> well, with that encounter complete, <laughs> I will remind our listeners that they can put themselves in the role of a listener, loyal listener, favored listener, blessed listener, week after week by checking us out on iTunes. Stitcher, or Google Play Music. We appreciate your positive reviews and ratings and appreciate your negative reviews and ratings slightly less. Charisma check to join us on Facebook. Like us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, forgetting one. Damn, I always do that. Google Plus. Add us to your Google Plus or don't. No one uses it. <laughs> and join the Nerd Stravaganza HQ group on Facebook. Take the initiative and head on over to nerdstravaganza.com to check out this and all of our back episodes. It's a brand new shiny website. We just put it up for you guys. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Roll a crit on over to YouTube and uh, check out this and all of our other video content. Uh, And send us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com. Let us know what characters you'd like to play. And with uh, the next encounter over... (laughs) Brian, uh, wait, uh, Owl Bear Brian, take us away. Owl Bear. I don't know what noise <laughs> owl bears make. I don't know. I think it's like an owl growl. <laughs> that's just an owl sound. You have to like make a. <laughs> no, that's even worse. That was bad. That was good. That was good. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, please come back. Take care, guys. <laughs>